we've been sharing a subject called A New Way for a New Day. The disciples were in a transition time, and uh, we've said this numerous times now. John 13, 14, 15, and 16, those chapters were Jesus teaching uh, them how to live once he left. He was teaching them a new way of living. In other words, he was going to be gone, and he wasn't going to be there, so they had to know how to do this life. And technically, everything that's taught there has no expiration date except the Lord's second coming. And so just like them, there's some interesting things that we're going to read about today in these verses that we look at. But one thing that I find fascinating about this new way for a new day is this fact right here, that there were some things he didn't just teach one time in this setting. He didn't just say, you know, this one thing, this one thing, this one thing. There were at least four things that he shared again and again and again. One of them was this, living a life of love. And he taught on that area, which we know is kindness, which is forgiveness, which is preferring God and God's way above my own way is really an act of love. Selfishness is when I choose not to go God's way. And it's interesting that this subject he brought up more than once. And then another subject he brought up more than once was authority through the name of Jesus, whether it was in prayer, whether it was commanding things, and he brought that up more than once. Another area that he brought up more than once was emotions and worry and fear. But he brought up how to deal with that stuff. And then the next one that he brought up more than once was the subject of the Holy Spirit. Why would he pick these things up and say them again and again to people? Well, I bet you it's because... There are areas you're going to have to focus on in your life. Nobody's ever had to focus on the area of love. That just came easy, kind, patience, loving one another, preferring God. That just came naturally to you, right? Well, the amens went down there. There's a lot of shaking of the heads. You know, they did that to Jesus on the cross. They said they wagged their head. I see a lot of that right now. No, these don't always come real easy. They, you really have to work to renew your mind. But there are issues that we really have to get down. So maybe by bringing them up more than once, we should give extra attention to them. Right? And how many times do people give attention to other things that maybe Jesus brought up or the Bible brought up and it was really obscure? But this is something that came up again and again. And so uh, we're going to look at this subject of the Holy Spirit and really one of the first references to the Holy Spirit, and we could say it like this, God is one manifest in three persons, so we could say God the Holy Spirit. And so it's the first reference really in this setting, but I think it's appropriate to start here and then go to John 16 where we're at. Because of the fact, this will give you great insight. Because if Jesus was teaching 
a new way of life and a new way of living. Uh, even those four things, those really, whether we know them or not, if we're ignorant of them, then our life will be depleted. It won't be like it should. In other words, if love is a topic occasionally for me and not a style of life, I'm going to be depleted. I'm going to affect other people in an improper way. You with me? And the same thing's true about using the name of Jesus in authority and prayer and dealing with things. That's how you get your prayers answered. Prayer should not be like an every six-month thing. Amen to that. And, uh, and then another area we just said was emotions or worry and fear and how to deal with those. Now, you can't live long on this earth and not deal with that. Doubts coming against your head when you know deep down inside the truth because there's a combat. You think the devil's just going to let you march through life? And here's the thing. He'll even suggest things. Well, the problem with you is you're just a mess. No, you're just being assaulted. What thoughts? He would like you to feel inferior and feel like you're not good so you can just live your whole life like that. Well, I don't think too many people are going to charge to battle with the Lord being like that. I think, all right, I'll go do it. But they don't realize there's been suggestions that have come to them and uh, their emotions are getting the best of them. You with me? And the enemy is maybe the wind that's blowing behind the scenes. And so there's a way to deal with it. Then also uh, the subject of the Holy Spirit. You and I have to know about the Holy Spirit. The vital living reality of the Holy Spirit. Let me say it like this. If the blood in your body flows out, you can't do this life. You cannot do this Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit. But I think sometimes people think, well, the Holy Spirit is, he's, yeah, he's there, he's with me, and that's it. When we get to heaven, you know, thank you for the Holy Spirit, and it meant nothing when we were here. We should look at the Holy Spirit like we looked at the disciples living with Jesus. And we should look at the relationship they had with Jesus and recognize the Holy Spirit was taking the place of that. And if you look at it like that, you're going to go, wow, this is vital. Would you agree? And so we're going to look at a couple of things here. John 14, verse 17, said this, The Spirit of truth, and he was talking about sending the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth, and this is his introduction, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world does not have the Holy Spirit, and they will not receive Him unless they receive the Lord. Because they neither see Him nor know Him, but you have known Him. You have known Him. Isn't it interesting? He said they haven't seen or known Him. Then... He makes this statement. He didn't talk about seeing. He just said, you know him. You know, because some people did see the Holy Spirit. 
You ever read the Bible? Remember? John the Baptist was there. And the Lord said to him, To whom you see the Spirit descend, he it is and will abide. He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He's the Lamb. So the Holy Spirit was seen. In the Old Testament, we see he manifested and would appear like a cloud or appear like a fire. And we see he descended on him in a bodily shape like a dove. Now, did he come in the form of a dove or descend like a dove too? You know, like, uh, on him. But the interesting thing is this. He said, you know him. For he dwells with you. So they got to know the Holy Spirit by knowing Jesus because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. So he said, you have gotten to know him. And where did they get to know him? In the three years of ministry, of traveling with Jesus, being familiar. They sensed God doing something. They recognized the power. When miracles were performed, they recognized the Spirit's work. They were recognizing these things happening. I mean, I'll tell you what, life became different when they started traveling with Jesus because they got to know him, but they got familiar with the Holy Spirit who was on him and with him. But the interesting thing is this, he said, he dwells with you, but there's coming a time, he said, he will be in you. That phrase is huge when we talk about the Holy Spirit. That is a huge topic. It's a huge statement. It is fundamental because so many people think the Holy Spirit comes to them and leaves them. But Jesus said he'll be in you and he will never leave you. Never. He'll be with you forever but he'll also be in you, and there are many things he will do. But so many times people uh, don't look to the Holy Spirit the way they should. They get in a service, we praise the Lord, you start sensing him who's among us. People look out here for him. And for a believer, that's fine to recognize him outwardly, but the other side is, as a believer, we should know now he's in us. Is he in your head? Is he in your feet? Is he in your hands? Well, I mean, technically, I guess you could say that, but really, he's way down inside the core of you, way down in your belly. So how do you know that? As the Bible said, Jesus said, if anybody thirsts, let him come unto me. As the scripture has said, you know, come unto me and drink, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, well, that gives me a location. Way down here will flow rivers of living water. Somebody said, well, that's not the Holy Spirit. Then it said, this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit. So he wanted you to know the location to look because you could get conscious. Because, you know, sometimes people are looking for direction from God and they pray and they look to their head. And your head can be all over the road, even if you're a great person. Great people should have said, amen. <laughs> At times, right? You ever wonder, what is going on with my head today? 
I've wondered that about you too. <laughs> no, everybody's had those days where you're like, what's going on? But that, you got to understand, you can get thoughts from the inside from God. You can get thoughts from yourself. You can get thoughts from the outside. Uninvited, just thoughts from the outside. You need to recognize that. Then you need to recognize, oh, these thoughts, you're unworthy or you're this or will God help you or is he for you? Where is he in your life? That's not coming out of the inside of you as a believer. And that's why we need to know he will be in you, in you, in you, in you and me. Because I'm a believer, I've received Christ, so he's in me. And if you're a believer, he's in you. Here's the interesting thing. Well, I say that in you, in you, in you. If you're just relaxed, so to speak, but engaged, you know, listening as a believer, you'll start to recognize something way down on the inside of you. But if you're looking for a bomb to go off, that's not always how it happens. But you can have... A witness, the Bible said, of the Spirit inside, and you just kind of go, mm, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, and it's way down here. Here's another one. You ever gone to do something or start thinking on something bad that you shouldn't, and down in here it goes, ugh, and you're like, ooh, yeah, that's him going, uh-uh, that doesn't agree with me. Thank you. That was free. So... That being said, he's with us, and he's in us. Right? And that means he's in you. You should acknowledge him. Why? Because he's God, the Spirit, in you as a believer. The minute you receive him, he comes to live in you. Then you can get filled with the Spirit. All you have to do is ask, and the Bible said you would receive, and out of your belly would flow, him who's in you, and you could begin to speak in an unknown tongue. And then that would open up a realm of the Spirit to you of prayer and other things. But John 16, verse 5, so I can get to my notes, you know, so we can, so we can get done. John 16, 5, notice this. But now I go away to him who sent me. This is Jesus. Now, this is the same kind of topic He's been talking about since the 13th chapter, knowing he was going to depart. Now he just bluntly says it here, but now I'm going to go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Why aren't you asking? He said, I'm leaving, but none of you are asking where I'm going. It's an interesting statement. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Wow, Jesus said something to them and, and it didn't make them go, whoop, hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. Okay, everybody, one, two, three. Hip, hip, not us, them. Hip, hooray. I'm sorry. But the fact of the matter is, they weren't like, yay, team. All right. They're so distracted now, they don't even care about him. It's about me. This is messing me up. This is about to mess my life up. And Jesus wanted them to ask, and he had things he wanted to say about this, and they were so full of sorrow themselves, 
they're not even focusing on Jesus. Here we go with that emotional thing again. He said, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. There's a lot you could say right here. How many people, when people are sorrowful or going through emotional things, you don't want to tell them the truth, you don't want to say anything, and Jesus just kind of kicked open the door and said, listen, I'm, just, I, I'm going to tell you this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. They're not liking this teaching. This sermon is not going over well with them. They're not like jumping up, dancing. Woo, glory to God. Jesus is leaving. He said, nevertheless, my second point is, he just kept preaching. Tell you the truth, it's sheer advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, so he's got to go to make this happen, and they're not liking that. And I mean, he's making statements here that are profound. It's better I leave. How many people still argue that fact today? It would have been better to be alive when Jesus was here. If I only live when Jesus was here. And here he is with them trying to straighten them out on it. And we as the church as a whole are not straightened out on it. I appreciate you guys saving all the amens till the end. Because that just then you can just get them all out at one time and it doesn't slow me down while I'm preaching. And so he said, but if I depart, I will send him to you. I have to leave to make this happen period. Now, who's he going to send to us? He's called the helper. The helper means one called alongside to give aid. In this case, really, the aid is defined by everything Jesus did and everything the Scripture says the Holy Spirit would do in Jesus' absence. So this, this aid that we're to get is huge. And he, the helper, God, the Holy Spirit in you, is to take the place of Jesus. In other words, he's no less God than Jesus was God. But they're not liking this. A new day. That's what we're preaching on. A new day's coming. And they're, they're like, yeah, a new day, you know. As a matter of fact, this, this I mean, this, this is what they've been trained for. What and they're like, we don't, well, I don't want to hear this. Isn't it interesting? They did not realize what they were saying and how they were allowing their emotions to dominate them, what that would have done to them and to the future if they could have forced Jesus to stay. In other words, first of all, they were thinking it's convenient to have Jesus be here, and this is how we need it to be, and we like it the old way. Hey, as we change, people are going to like it the old way. Let's not like it the old way. The Bible said, forget the former days. Behold, I do a new thing. That's easy to amen until Jesus says, oh, by the way, I'm leaving. Oh, no, you're not. You mean things are going to change? Wait a minute. 
See, if you recognize their thinking, you go to after he left and then he comes back. They said, now are you going to restore the kingdom? Now They thought it was just he's going to be gone for these few days when he died and then rose again. Now, now are you going to do it? You know, we were sorrowful before, but good thing you're back. Now you're going to set up your kingdom? He said, no. They probably went, here we go again. But what did he say right after that? He said, no, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Acts 1. Didn't he, he just went right back to the thing he taught him before. Hey guys, let me tell you. No, but <laughs> you'll receive power. The ability to do life. God the Holy Spirit will come upon you and fill you. And it's interesting. You know, Jesus just pushed through and said, listen, I got to tell you this. And they were not really thrilled to hear this. Some of you say, well, I like a small church. Or I like a church like this. Well, let's just push right on through that and say, God likes it other ways. And these people who he chose were chosen. They liked it how it was. You know, it's like, I know everybody by name, you know. I know. And he's like, no. I'm going to implement this new covenant. There's going to be new stuff going on. And these are the things you need to know. And I'm out of here, period. So we got to understand this. Even in the middle of pain and sorrow at times, he's going to say stuff to us because it needs to be said. And sometimes the pain we're in, we're in because of ourselves. They should have said, okay, what do you got to say about this? Especially when they heard it's to your advantage. You with me? And, uh, but they're like, no, we like it how it is. Could you imagine if they got their way? No, we're not letting you leave, Jesus. Guess what would it be our lot? They didn't want things to change. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? But what's interesting, whether they liked it or not, it was coming. It was happening. It was getting implemented right in front of their eyes. So like it or not, this is going down. Hey, boys and girls, in this case, disciples, it's going down. And so I'm saying this, you need to get this squared away inside and get your emotions right. Even though you have discomfort and you have sorrow, it's going to come to pass. And these are changes you may not appreciate. But I'm telling you, see, they're not liking the idea, but it's going to come to pass. Now, after it came to pass, they recognized, oh, God still has his relationship with me. Jesus still has his relationship with me in a greater aspect because now the Holy Spirit's in me. And when we would go lay down over here and go over here, Jesus would be there and we'd be here. And if we needed something, we'd have to go walk over there. Now I can pray. They can pray. I don't have to wait turns to ask. We can all pray. 
we can all ask. The Spirit lives in every believer. He will communicate inside of us. He will teach us. He will direct us, guide us. That's to our advantage. You would have had to go to, go to Jerusalem or wherever he was traveling. You with me? And so, ready or not, here it comes. And what the issue was, it was for the progress, for the benefit. And what I find interesting, there was no stopping it at this point. None. That's how it is for us. There's no stopping it at this point. So it might as well get our emotions intact, whether we like, like it or not. Things are working. Things are changing. And that being said, somebody said, well, I like it the old way. I liked it when Jesus was here. Jesus is still here by his spirit. And he still works through his name. It was almost like they just brushed everything aside. But you know what's wild? Jesus taught verse after verse after verse after verse after this about the Holy Spirit, what he would do, how he would do it. His role with us toward the lost, his role with us concerning the kingdom, and his role with us concerning our own lives. And it's amazing because their sorrow of him leaving, think about it, if he would not have told them the role that the Holy Spirit would take, the Holy Spirit would have come and they wouldn't have known what to expect, what to believe, how to look to him. What is it that he's saying and why does he say it? And what is he communicating to me? And we'll see those things as we go on. And I know this, when emotions come that come against something that maybe the Lord's dealing with you about, you just got to put emotion aside and realize he does not deal with me about things to harm me. I had a experience, and I think I'll close with this, with these verses several years back. Profound one. Um, I had an experience, and, uh, you know, I believe God has somebody for me to marry. I had met somebody. We were moving along, and the person made some choices. And I was walking down the hall at my house. They were in a, another state, and the Lord spoke to me. And basically, and I won't go into all the details, said, it's over. And I was like, oh, Lord, why didn't you tell me this before? The person had made some choices. And, uh, you know, some things occurred. I knew then, you know, anyway, it got confirmed later on. But in the progress and the process of this, I just said, Lord, I, I really don't. I was hurting like big time inside, you know, my emotions. I was like them. <laughs> I was like, I was hurting. So, you know what? I opened up my Bible and said, I don't even want to talk about that right now. I said that. I'm being honest. Nobody's ever said that. I don't want to talk about that, Lord. I don't, I don't want to talk about that right now. So I said, I'm going to read the Bible. You know what's wild? And this is profound to me. I happened to be at John 16 at these verses. That day when he spoke to me, walking down the hallway, when this person did what they did, 
and they were in another state. And actually, I, this may sound weird, I was standing in front of the building where they were at, and I told them, I know where you were. And then I told them. And they went, yes. And so anyway, uh, I said to the Lord, I don't even want to talk about this right now. So I'm just going to read. So I opened it up, and my marker was right here. And it's wild. Here I am in a place of sorrow, and God used these verses. I've never heard them like this before or since. I read the three verses, and then I read this verse right here. And anybody know what a wife is called in the Bible? Somebody said a slave. No. 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 A vacuumer? No. What? Helper. 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 Okay. I was thinking, come on, ladies. But notice this. He said, but now I go away to, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to read it again. To him who sent me. And none of you asked, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So anyway, actually, I'll just read it exactly how he said it. When I got to verse 6, I heard these words. But because I have said that she now is going away, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that she goes away. For if she does not go away, your helper will not come to you. But if she departs, I will send her to you. I heard those plain as day. So I've stood on that word. You know what? I've gone back to try to read it the same way and haven't been able to. I'll tell you what, it helped me, but didn't get me past the sorrow, but it gave me hope for the future. You with me? So I know that God will fulfill that verse. And not the verse, but the promise. But you know what's so cool? They were in a sorrowful place, and God spoke to them. God will speak to us in sorrowful places at times in our life to give us hope for the future and what's ahead. I do know that is a fact. So don't give up on your dreams and think, oh, you know, he told me and it didn't come to pass yesterday when he said it. He said, the things I speak are for an appointed time, but don't give up because they will come to pass. 